On this episode of A Tale of Two Rivals, keep on hating or keep on believing, Dave and I dive into a few players that whether we should keep on believing or keep on hating. Stay tuned. Welcome to a tale of two rivals, a fantasy football podcast put on by your three P. Go with your gut, going for my fourth ring champion, and a numbers loving, spreadsheet obsessed. All I look for is analytics nerd to find some sort of consensus to share with you, the fantasy football listener. Who am I joined by? You're joined by at FF underscore Spaceman Dave Wright. And Todd, I'm not sure if I just picked up on this or maybe in the editing, but I've noticed the last couple uh, intros here, you've added, instead of a 3 P champion like you were doing all offseason, you've t- snuck in that like fourth ring to make it seem like you're going to have more than three. So going for that fourth ring, I say I'm very clever, sir, trying to plant that seed into the listeners. The 3 P's been done. All right, the three peats been done. We're going for the for the foursome. You know what I'm saying? You know, I like I like the three peats played out. I, I'm trying to bring this to another level, to another level. All right, it's like and Celtics, I Todd. my first real test comes this weekend in sad. Okay, yeah, you barely won last week by I destroyed Kennedy. I destroyed him. <laughs> Beat him by one point six. The walrus. He's so ashamed he won't come back on the mics. That's what I'm oh, saying. Gosh. Uh, I, have to, <laughs> I have to laugh, Todd, because... Oh, man. Actually, I forget why I have to laugh. There was something I wanted to say, but I forgot. No, we'll just yeah, keep going. <laughs> All right. So, um, we normally we do the question of the day, but um, I, I felt it was appropriate. We felt it was appropriate to be able to talk about uh, losing a titan in the industry. And as... A fellow Titan industry, David, I thought that you would be um, the most appropriate person to speak on the loss within our community. It's with a heavy heart tonight we won't be doing the question today, and that's because, as most of you all know by now, Mike Tagliere, who passed away a little over a week ago from a long battle with COVID-19, leaving behind a daughter, a son, and a wife. I personally didn't know Tags. He didn't know me by, by all means. I've listened to his podcast over the years occasionally and, and read all of his, his work on Fantasy Pros and been a longtime follower, but it's just been incredibly impactful seeing a public display from his wife, Tabby, and the, out, the, the community support for Tags during his fight against his battle against COVID. And it's had, it's had a very selfish, you know, looking inward, it's, it's been, it had a very great impact on me seeing people talk about how much tags meant to them, talking about his dedication, his dream, his drive to become a fantasy football content creator, and how his wife supported him reaching his goals, and just talking about the kind of person he was, has just been very impactful, and has been very symbolic to me of this what this whole last year, two years has been with the, the our battle with COVID-19. So uh, I just want to take a minute and just say 
that on behalf of Todd and I, the Tale Two Rivals, that our heart goes out to the Tagliere family. And it's been moving to see the fancy football community step up and raise well over $300,000 for the Tagliere family and fancy pros to also step up and, and donate an additional $100,000 to the Tagliere family who are, are without a husband, who without a father. So it leaves me with thinking about what I personally can do better as a husband, as a new dad, as a friend, and ultimately as a content creator. It's been a week of reflection, a week of appreciating the kind of person Tags was. And I hope that his legacy lasts for a very long time in the fantasy football community because it, we lost a, a, a truly special person. That, that's our question of the day, segment this week. Uh, I hope everyone, if they haven't already, can contribute in some way or fashion to the Taglier fundraiser uh, through Fancy Pros. And just, you know, keep your, keep your family in your thoughts. Think, think about the things that meant, meant a lot, that means a lot to you, and uh, just, just hold them close. And uh, it'll be a tough transition here, but uh, we're going to get back to our regularly scheduled content. Well said, David. The man was a titan, one of the most talented, respected, and just amazing minds that we had in this community. My thoughts and prayers go out to his family, and the way the community stepped up is makes you proud to be part of that community, because that's the way a community should reply when um, these kind of tragedies happen. At this point, we will transition back to our regular Tale to Rivals programming and get back to the shared passion that we had with tags, and that is fancy football. Hashtag tag strong. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into the topic clarification. Today's topic is haters going to hate or don't stop believing. Essentially, we're going to have a list of players that were nominated to us via Twitter, and we're going to be talking about whether you should continue to hate this player after their rocky start or continue to believe in them that they'll bounce back after a difficult start. Without further ado, player one, David, are you hating or believing in Robbie Anderson? I'm going to keep on hating when it comes to Robbie Anderson. He has five wrecks on only 11 targets through three games, and that is rough. Now his ADOT has shot way up to 17 yards per target. After being around nine last season, his role seems to have totally changed and those valuable targets have gone to DJ Moore and he still has an 85% route participation, but only 11% target share on those routes spells Sayonara for me. I think his production does revert to the mean over the course of the season a little bit. However, not enough where he's making my fancy lineups by any means. Uh, And it's pretty clear to me that Sam Darnold has eyes for only one wide receiver in this offense, and that is DJ Moore, baby. And we have the rookie, Terrace Marshall, coming on as well. Sorry, Robbie, but this is DJ Moore's offense now. Hey, hey, hey! I wasn't completely sold on him sustaining after last year, and I was refraining from calling him a sell candidate because even after last year, I don't think it warranted a significant return. People that were super confident about Robbie Anderson being a dynasty asset, I'd like to have known who those people were because I, I just didn't see a lot of it. They were the Calvin Ridley supporters and the DJ Moore haters, Todd. That's who loved Robbie Anderson. No, but no, in all seriousness, no, no. He Robbie had a great season last season. 
that role should have, in my opinion, belonged to Jay Moore. And I think it's reverted to that way, at least so far through three games. In redraft, Anderson's droppable as far as I'm concerned. And I'd be confident with Marshall moving ahead as the wide receiver too. And Dave's probably right that for them to support like one alpha, and it's going to be DJ Moore, but Marshall has the upside later on, probably not this year, but I think like Marshall's going to kind of have like more like a Mike Williams kind of a start where he's a little bit more touchdown dependent. Robbie Anderson's just done, done. Player two, Josh Jacobs. And I'm going to start off by saying, hate on player. He was a sneaky dynasty guy heading into 2021, and that was all well documented. And the reason he was sneaky is because nobody had confidence in him fall out. And it's because he wasn't very efficient in 2020. So, and his output was heavily based on his touchdowns. I mean, 19 yards per touchdown right now. It's disgusting. It's awful. I actually like Drake more than him in his own offense for the receiving upside as a depth piece or for injuries or buys with like, you know, a 13% target share. But I hate the backfield overall. Like, I'm not looking to acquire Drake. I'm not looking to buy low on Jacobs. Hate on. I uh, should have traded him in the offseason. I have no shares of him anywhere, and I never have. What about you? Todd, after that rendition by you, my friend, I feel like I need to get my Jacobs hater tattoo removed. I've never even gone as far as saying that Kenyon Drake over Josh Jacobs. I bow to you, sir, and I, and I don't even know how to follow that up. Honestly, man, that is hot, son. That is hot. I, I, I respect it. Don't get, I'm not criticizing you. I, I just won't go that far. I, no, mind you, I, I'm going to keep on hating. And that's because he's a TD dependent on a, t- and on a team that Gruden. I'm not, I can't, I don't trust that he's going to use his, his running backs correctly. Now, that being said, Todd, they are first in the league in yards. They're six in points. That offense may, I know it's only three games, but it feels like it's turned a little bit of a corner. And, but with Kenyon Drake on that team, like you said, and I wouldn't be shocked if somehow Peyton Barber managed to become a cult favorite for the Raiders, somehow siphoning more work from Josh Jacobs. I'm okay on banking. Someone else can bank on those tight those those touchdowns and rush yards, while I'm going after running backs who have tar- who have target upside. One hundred percent, dude. I mean, that's the thing is that like this is not a new narrative for Jacobs at all. This is what he's been. All right. Player three, Bobby Woods, Robert Woods. David, are you believing or are you hating? I'm going to keep on hating, baby. And I, I, to be honest, Todd, I've never been a true Bobby Woods or Bobby Trees guy. Uh, now, if someone wanted to give me wide receiver 55 prices, because that's the way he's playing right now, sure. Yeah, I'll take Robert Woods at that kind of price, at those rock bottom prices. But the problem is he's attached to Matthew Stafford. And the Rams offense, and he's got he still has that name cache value to go along with that 20% target share to kind of fuel the fire still for these Robert Wood believers. And, and so I don't think you're gonna get too much of a discount. So re- and then I think to myself, realistically, Todd, what's the upside here? How what do we need to see to Robert Woods to succeed? D- does Cooper Cup need to be injured to, to make that happen? Uh and I think that's realistically that's gonna have to happen. I know. Some people don't totally buy this this Cooper Cup, uh, one of the top five wide receivers in the league, and I, and I I don't say that's not crazy for them to feel that way, but the way he's being consistently used right now, I think there's not that he uh, Robert Woods isn't going to have some value, maybe he's a flex player or something like that, but the days of him being a, a reliable wide receiver too, 
I'm just not going to bet on that. I mean, Todd, just for to give some perspective, DeAndre Swift has more targets and 40 more receiving yards than Robert Woods right now. That's that says that's not a, a great indictment on Robert Woods. I've been pondering while strolling through the woods, the value discussion, like Thoreau at Walden Pond, and clarity came to me, and I still believe in Bobby. <laughs> but my expectations are tempered on his ceiling. So it's still a 20% target share. And what could you actually move him for right now? So I'm going to hold on and believe. When it comes to buying, I'm kind of with you. Like, I think that whoever has Woods is going to see better value in holding and kind of riding it out. And if maybe somebody's so upset that you could, I, I think acquire him as a wide receiver three right now would be a very worthy gamble, especially if you're trying to contend because that's a risk I think's worrying to take. I also don't think everyone misanalyzed Cooper Cuff so bad that he's going to literally post one of the greatest receiving seasons of all time. And I think teams are going to adjust. And I love Cup the rest of the way. Like, I think he'll finish a wide receiver one. But that input will come back down to earth a little bit. And Woods is going to be the biggest beneficiary of that. It's a very small sample size. And, like, Cup's off to a, an insane start. I believe in Woods having a bounce back of sorts where he's probably, I feel like I'm confident with him staying in the top 36 this year, but that's a huge drop to where people were expecting him. So I'm a believer in holding on Woods, kicking the tires to buy him if you can get him dirt cheap, but I don't see any reason to sell him. All right. Player four, Darnell Mooney. And all I got to say is, I'm a believer. Because it's not Moody. It's the whole Bears organization. Let's dump Nagy. Stop the bleeding. All right? Remember, this is a dynasty conversation. Even A-Rob has been a disappointment because of this offense. But we're still looking at a 22.9 target share. Encouraging for a guy who was essentially a waiver grab for most people as a rookie. Right? Fields also got sacked nine times. Fields will not get sacked nine times every game. Better days are ahead. <laughs> Could you imagine nine sacks a game for the season? Uh, it's sad. <laughs> sad. That, like, oh, my God. Like, how freaking stupid can you be to not utilize what Fields' skill set is? It's how does this man survive the whole season as a head coach? I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. But I, I guess I am. I don't guess. I am most certainly 100%. I'm a believer. I'm an, a believer like Eddie Murphy in Shrek and the end credits. Get it going, baby. I will say this, Todd, that we've actually found somebody with less receiving yards and the same amount of tires than Roberts Woods, which I did not think could have been possible. But here we are here with Darnell Mooney with barely over 100 receiving yards on those 19 targets. But I start looking at the, at the usage here, and he's being actually used closer to the line of scrimmage than last year. Last year, he had something over a 12 A dot. This year, it's somewhere around nine. Which and and has also his targets have gone up, like you said, twenty two point nine percent share, and it's gone up, I believe, one or two targets per game. I think it's a one full target per game, maybe two. I off the top of my head, I can't remember. But uh, that kind of increase in opportunities, hopefully paired with more efficient QB play down the road here, that's something that I'm buying, and it's at incredibly affordable prices here, Todd. I went on the DLF Trade Finder before the show in the last week. I saw three trades that were essentially Mooney for Fournette straight up. I'll do that deal. I really like that deal. Now, I understand people wanted to get Fournette 
as some RB depth, but I also really like, I like both sides of that deal. And I, and I would probably tend to lean Mooney. And then another one was for Mooney, for KJ Osborne and Foss Moreau. Another one for Irv Smith straight up. I'll take Mooney. I really like that that there. I think Mooney's going to, I think when it's all said and done, Todd, I think Mooney has as wide receiver, like a top 36 wide receiver upside. He's a wide receiver three in fantasy. I really, I think he can be a very valuable asset for fantasy managers. Thousand percent agree. I was, it was difficult for me to trade him in our week, but uh, Justin Jefferson came knocking. <laughs> all right. Well, should Chenault is our fifth player on the board. Dave, believe or hate? Man, I'll say, Todd, I am still a believer. That light inside me is a little depressed. I have that, that my shine from the, my eyes, that I have a little star twinkle in the, in the back of my eye here, the corner of my eye when I was thinking about LaVisca and talking about him this offseason. Uh, what's been kind of crazy is that, is that just how he, he looked explosive. He looked exciting in the, in the preseason. And you think with a better quarterback coming in, and more weapons around him that he'd just be built to succeed this season. And it hasn't quite gone that way. Now, he's seen a slight increase in opportunities from last season, which is promising. He's something like a 50% target share last year. Now it's 17. And he's gained a target per game. It just isn't the jump that we were hoping for with LaVisca Chenault. And the thing that's kind of crazy is, Todd, as I'm actually just pulling up where it's halftime right now at the for the for the Thursday night football game. And it actually, I was just about to say, I was thinking there was going to be, it was time for him to have, show some flat. He, he's got big play upside. Right now, it looks like he's been this little 4A dot, catch it and fall down. And he, it was almost like he was impersonating Jalen Waddle over and over again from week three for the entire season. And that is not LaVisca Chenault. He is a dynamic playmaker with the ball in hand. He is the, the cliche running back when he gets the ball. He catches the ball. He turns into a running back. And we saw it last night, a 50-yard, or tonight, a 50-yard reception, He and then also an 11-yard rush. He is starting to make, we're waiting for the big play, and that's in this tank. That's already exciting to see here on Thursday Night Football. So while I'm not going to go after him for that, with that same fever I had in the offseason where he was basically, after all those top 40 wide receivers were off the board, then LaVisca was the first guy that I would go to. Not how I'm doing it. I'll buy that dip and that dep- and that disappointment that people are having, I'll buy it at that kind of price, but not like, you know, as a locked in top 30 wide receiver kind of price. I absolutely agree because I believe in speed. Everyone just needs to be patient just overall, like with Visca and, and Lawrence, you know, so many young players with a new struggling coaching staff. <laughs> Again, new, it's early. Let's see if maybe they could turn it around. But I do expect things to be clicking a little bit more with him and Taylor later on in the year. And you're talking about a guy with serious shack uh, ability, too. So brave the storm. Maybe see if somebody's frustrated enough to sell him super low, but I doubt that's going to be many people. Sixth player, Rojo, Ronald Jones. So, David, David, what's your thoughts? Actually, David, you don't get to go first. You don't. <laughs> All right? Ro- Rojo, I hate you so much, dude. I hate you. I hate you. You were a guy I loved as a rookie, and then you burned me. And just when I thought you had solid value as a low-end RB2, you burned me again. You're dead to me, Rojo. You ruined my Scott Fishbowl strategy of stockpiling later RB2s and just playing a rotation, 
Otherwise, my strategy was working perfectly, but you blew it up, Rojo. It's pretty clear that Fournette have more defined roles than you, and it's pretty telling they brought in Grandpa Geo because you couldn't do what Geo does. Get to me. Hate. I still need to go back and re-list. I, I did go back and re-listen to our original Rojo debates, Todd. And it does bring a smile to my my eyes. At least when I hear you talking about how many rings you have, I can always have that Rojo dichotomy we had last year, or like three or four years ago. So there's always that. But he's an I'll, I'll, I'll keep the rings. You can be right about a rookie. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. There we go. That's what I care about. Uh, that's who needs to win in fantasy football. No. Uh, in all seriousness, though, he, uh, there's not much more to say, Todd. He, he's an injury-dependent running back. He needs to see someone get injured in that backfield before he has any value, really. Uh, his targets went down from he had three per game, which wasn't really that exciting. It's now down to one per game through only three games, but still not very promising. He, do, he keeps making costly mistakes, uh, and he's not learning from them either because they keep happening. And he has been a rel- relatively effective rusher. He Decent yards after contact. He can make some people miss on the ground. But man, being repeatedly benched for these mistakes, Todd, you can't have any confidence because it, it, it could happen at any time. Right when he starts to build up ahead of steam, it feels like he could make a mistake, miss a blocking assignment, and that's it. Arians does not have a problem with benching people like that. And I I don't need that on I don't need that in my team. If I I want that if I'm built my team a certain way where I need that running back to who just to give me something, I'll go somewhere else than Ronald Jones. Yes, as everybody should. Player seven, Danny Dimes. So Daniel Jones, David, you are a big fan of Daniel Jones coming out in the draft. So what are your thoughts? Are you still hating or are you oh, leaving? Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. I'm still hating. And to be honest, it's been kind of crazy just how good he has been for fantasy to start the seat year. He is the, the, I never would have guessed that he'd been the quarterback 10 through three weeks. Now, a lot of that is on 160 rushing yards. I think that roughly equates to 850. Well, now it's a, a that's going to be like a, is it, what, a 900 game, a 900 yard rushing season. I don't think he's going to keep that up for the not season. Not a chance. Yeah, not <laughs> happening. Uh, he's has not thrown an interception yet. He but he only has three or two t- passing touchdowns. He has those rushing touchdowns. Where actually, I think he will still maintain some rushing ability here. But a lot of this offense should start to shift more and more towards Saquon as he started to show more and more flashes coming be coming back. He Danny Dimes has not turned the ball over yet. Uh, somehow, I, I could he become a low end QB two? Sure, like. Or, I'll give you that. I do not I do not buy him being a consistent high-end QB2 or low-end QB1. I, it's just, I don't see it. And if he's playing like a low-end QB2 in fantasy, what does that do for his NFL security going forward? Not a lot, especially after they move on from hopefully the whole regime in the offseason. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm out. Yeah, I yeah right. I've been drinking the haterade for a while. I mean, when he was coming out, I saw him as a value as a solid like QB three with QB two upside in rookie drafts though, and like where he was getting picked, that's actually like it, it was a solid move because I mean a QB's value is tough to come by, especially in the second round of a rookie drafts. But I've been outspoken of I think since last year as the Giants starter. This is last year starting for that football team and. 
the best he has is that he's eventually going to lose out to whoever the rookie quarterback is because this team's going to have a high pick. And I feel bad for whoever that person's going to be because it, th- that organization's an absolute dumpster fire. I'm out. He's out rushing for 100 yards. The picks are coming, baby. We know that Danny's reliable for something, and they're coming. So um, yeah, he leads the league. He's in like the he's like fifth in the league. I think tied for fifth in the league in danger plays. He has nine danger throws already through three <laughs> right. games. So while he hasn't thrown an interception yeah. yet, he should have at this point. Yeah, his decision making does not seem like a guy who attended Duke. But uh, you know, that's the funniest part. He does not act like he went to Duke. <laughs> he does not act like a very intelligent person. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right, Daniel Jones is probably listening like, ouch, that was below the belt. Um, all right, so um, player eight, Sammy Darnold. So um, I'm going to start off, I believe, um, solid QB2 in Superflex. I do not think him holding on to a QB1, but I don't think that's what you need to believe in with this guy. Like, let's remember that he played the Jets and the Texans, you know, and he looked good, and he's... He's attached to a great offense, like a great offensive mind, a solid coach with plenty of weapons around him. Even his backup running back is good. He's always been known as an accurate passer, and now he's in a situation where he can actually succeed, and he's away from the succubus. In a dynasty situation, the one thing I find worrisome is him not having Brady next year, but I'm not looking that far ahead to that. So I think uh, it's a soft schedule start, and you have the lack of rushing upside. And realistically, expecting to sustain this type of deduction is not, that's not okay. But I do think we've seen enough for him to say that ceiling as a high QB2 is realistic, but a mid QB2 is probably like where he's going to win. And I think that's phenomenal for where people got Darnold this offseason. Todd, this is, I'm glad we're getting a little disagreement here. I, I understand what you're saying. The, the succubus is gone. And it's nice to see that they're making some changes in Carolina to, to, play to Sam Darnold's strengths here. However, I do not see Sam Darnold leading the quarterbacks in the NFL in rushing touchdowns the rest of the way. He's tied with Kyler Murray. He has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts uh, and Josh Allen. I don't see that happening. And if you take away, say you don't, he has one rushing touchdown instead of those three, he's then right there with, with Ryan Tannehill for the season. He's a mid QB two. Sam Darnold, I want him as my QB3, not my QB2. I, I just, no thank you. And now, Todd, I, sh- gosh, if I, I remember how I was going to approach this, I was supposed to say a bunch of superstitious things about, I love you, Sam. Thank you for targeting DJ Moore, Sam. I really appreciate making DJ Moore have uh, the targets that he deserves, Sam. And I didn't want to jinx anything, maybe sacrifice a chicken, uh, those kind of things. And I forgot to do that before I was saying that. So let's just pretend I did that just to not to piss off the DJ Moore gods. And to get back on the good graces of the DJ Moore gods, Sam Darnold has completed 69% of his passes, which is very impressive. Tied for 7th in catchable ball rate, 13th in completion percentage from a clean pocket, 10th in completion percentage under pressure, only 2 turnovers and 6 danger plays. Very good. 2nd uh, in uh, the league in deep ball completion percentage, 12th in completion percentage over expected. I mean, 11th in passing uh, air conversion ratio, ninth in EPA per dropback. These are all the numbers I care about with quarterbacks, and he's doing extremely good, which would make you think that I would be higher on him. However, I, I don't quite see the it factor with Sam Darnold when I'm watching. It doesn't pop out to me visually, and I'm just holding on to my priors, too, with Sam Darnold. So 
I could be behind the ball here, but no, I'm not buying it. I'm going to keep on hating. Hey, man, I think he's been pretty efficient. He's been a pretty solid passer at the beginning of this year. And if you were drafting Darnold to be anything more than a QB2 or trading for him being more than QB2, then you weren't doing it right, you know? So for me, like when you look at Darnold, you have to kind of look at him as you kind of nailed it with making taking that risk, and he turned out to be a QB2. And I, I don't see how you feel like it's realistically, oh, I definitely want to be my QB3. You could win a title. With Darnold as your QB too. Absolutely could. And he's in a situation to succeed. And I agree with you that he's not going to lead the league in rushing touchdowns, no doubt. But he's been a very solid QB throwing the ball at the beginning of the year. So I think overstating the rushing upside early on, yes, that's why he's in the one conversation. And then you said you take that away. He's solidly in the middle of the two. I also think that Sam Darnold... We never really seen what Sam Darnold could be because of how bad his situation was. Yeah, we're definitely just going to agree to disagree on this one. Yeah, we'll agree to disagree. I think, Todd, that's probably going to wrap up this episode probably, right? I would say so too, buddy. All right. And I believe in Derek Carr. <laughs> Tell them where they can find you, Dave. You can find me at FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter and on the Patreon. You can also find me over at DLF, an article probably being start started about a week or so. I'll start writing that old article. Todd, you'll find me right here on Tale Two Rivals. Find me over at Rookie Fever. But most importantly, Todd, you'll find me in in not in the championship column in the Tale Two Rivals Listener League because that's just it's not looking good so far. No, definitely not because I'm getting Ring Four this year, baby. Ring Four is coming my way. You can find me at FF underscore Banterman on the Twitter sphere. You can find my stuff over at IDP, guys. But most importantly, hit me up on Twitter, and I'll tell you why I believe in Ryan Tannehill as a bounce-back candidate. Until next time, trade for Ryan Tannehill.